was like, no, nah, I want a King Corso. He called it a King Corso. And I was like, what is that? Uh, one, I think the biggest thing is the temperament of the dog. Um, ensuring that your dog has the right temperament and making sure that home, um, the home that your dog is going to is going to be a good fit for your dog. Yeah, I've seen um, I've seen his dogs. I've seen how he is with his dogs. I've also seen him at work. I mean, he's probably, in a bully community, he's probably one of the people I look up to. Welcome to Bully Girl Magazine Podcast, Season 5. Today, we are with a special guest, Quincy Darden from Scholar Kennels. Hello, Quincy. Hello. We're good. It's nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us for a conversation. And you're holding a beautiful puppy. Does he or she have a name? Uh, she does not right now. We we just call her um, Love because she was born on Valentine's Day. Hi. Yeah. So that puppy has to be for a couple yeah. that is in love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell us about your business. Um, you are raising King Corso dogs. Tell us about them. So um, race kind of Corsos um, started about uh, 10, 11 years ago, you know, I'm raising Corsos. I just so happened to, I didn't know much about them um, prior to, about 15 years ago, and I ended up going on a deployment uh, with the Army, and one of my friends, I was breeding pit bulls at the time, and uh, he was like, hey, when I get back, I'm getting a new dog. And I was like, hey, I got some duck people puppies. And he was like, no, nah, I want a King Corso. He called it a King Corso at the time. Um, and I was like, what is that? <laughs> so uh, he he proceeded to kind of show me what they were, show me what they looked like. Uh, we talked about you know, the temperament, uh, the, breed, the breed standard, and things like that. And um, I kind of fell in love with the dog, but I didn't tell him that at the time. And I came back home and started looking them up, um, looking for breeders, looking for somewhere I can get me one. And uh, I found one and I was like, hey, <laughs> this is my happy medium. Because <laughs> I also bred boxers too. And it was just so high strong for me and my kids. So I was like, uh, all right, after we finished with the boxers, we'll go. We ended up getting a Corso. Um, our first Corso's name was Django. Um, after my favorite movie, so that's <laughs> uh, best movie ever, yep, by the way. Uh, yeah, so since then, it's been you know, a lover breed, just kind of talking to people about the breed and how they differ from um, other dogs and things like that. I love that, I love that. And tell us, um, what inspired you to get involved with that particular breed? Like, okay, you thanks to this friend, you got to meet them, but what made you feel in love? Um, one, I love the look of the buggy, of the dog. Um, two, the temperament. So I thought at the time, you know, um, with, like I told you, they were a happy medium between the pinball and the boxer. Um, they were a happy medium for me. So at that point, like the temperament of the dog, I had kids, um, babies at the time, and my kids just loved the dog, and the dog just loved on the kids. Now, um, at the time, I kind of wondered, you know, are all corsos like this? So uh, we ended up getting a female named Suge Avery, and she was, you know, from a totally different um, breeder, and that dog was just as lovable and things like that. So I was like, yeah, it's the breed. <laughs> so, I love that. Tell us, do you test your breeding dogs for genetic health conditions, and what specific tests do you perform? So at the beginning, we didn't test for uh, genetic conditions because um, there were some things that were just natural for the breed because it's a larger uh, breed um but we did start getting um tests done for hip dysplasia 
um, heart issues, things like that. But other than that, those were the biggest two that we, we found that we wanted to get tests for. That's great. And what do you do to socialize your puppies and prepare them for new homes? So um, we, we socialize with other dogs and children um, with people. So what we do is, uh, because we have not only kind of corsos, we also have a um, Dachshund Terrier mix that was a rescue dog. Um, he's kind of the boss of the of the house, <laughs> being the smallest dog in the house. Um, so we bring bring our puppies up again uh, with him, and we also uh, we have a one year old right now. So I've always brought my dogs up with all of my kids. So um, four kids plus a baby. You know, we do as much as we can as far as. Um, Letting our letting our kids go. Hey, handle handle the puppies. They feed the puppies. They uh, they clean up after the puppies. They <laughs> everything that has to do with the puppies. They do. Um, they even do a little bit of the training at the beginning, around um, six weeks. So we have a lot of interaction with um, people and other dogs. So and sometimes we dog sit. So every now and again, we'll have other dogs that will come in far as far as from. Uh, mixed breeds to purebred pit bulls or american bullies things like that that's really interesting you dog sit and do you have any rules for dog sitting like can anyone be part of your dog sitting service or do they need to like take a test you know what uh, regarding personality oh. and all that so when we dog sit it's usually on a personal level we know that person um and we've had some interaction with their dog we have had now there has been times where it was we dog set for somebody that we just met their dog. Um, when we do that, we have their dog meet our dog. We bring our dogs out to meet their dog. We bring the dog in, let them walk around the house. And then we let because we have uh, four corsos, we we let our dogs out one at a time because uh, they think they can be a handful sometimes. With um, our three females, right. they can be a handful sometimes. But usually we'll let them out one at a time so they can you know interact a little bit at a time and then. It's pretty, it's all from there. That's great. And listen, what's your favorite bloodline? Oh, my bloodline. <laughs> so um, we, I initially love the uh, Avalanche. Avalanche, um, they're based out of uh, South Carolina. Um, that was who I, I got my first dog from. And actually many of my other, do my other dogs that we've had. My male is from Avalanche, uh, County Corso in South Carolina. So I love An Avalanche's breed. There's been a couple other lines that I like. DFW in Virginia. I love his I love his line. I think those were two of my favorites right now. Oh my, I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm looking at the puppy and it's asleep. <laughs> yeah, oh my sweet. God, it looks so cute. <laughs> oh my, they are gorgeous. Um, so what are some common misconceptions about the bully breed or the Corso breed? And how do you address them with potential puppy buyers and the public. Oh, wow. So uh, funny story. I had a friend who was uh, definitely afraid of dogs and having Corsos that are um, pretty big dogs. Our biggest Corso was 170, 180. Uh, so Emil, who had a probably about a 12 inch, yeah, about a 12 inch, 12 to 15 inch forehead. So he had a pretty big head. And um he was deathly afraid of Corso. So we, and I introduced him to my showgirl. I have a, uh, one female. Um, she was for shows. She did shows. She's won two shows um, before we stopped her from going to shows. Um, so I, I introduced them to her first because she's the most kind of calm and she's used to people grabbing at her mouth and things like that. 
So I introduced him to her first. Um, and after her, I introduced him to him because he's real um, submissive male. So after that, he kind of saw, all right, the dogs aren't, you know, they're big dogs, but they're not all scary and uh, bad, right? Um, after that, you know, the more he came over, the more he came by, he wanted to see the dogs more and more. Um, so I would introduce him to <laughs> a couple of my other dogs, uh, Nettie and uh, Shuri. And from there, he just kind of, the more, I think the more you introduce people to the dogs and you show them, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to as a breeder, um, and you're not out doing the bad things, fighting your dogs and things like that. I think that's what brings the brings the reality of the breed. They're not an aggressive breed all the time. You know, they're aggressive when they have to be, when it's for protection or something like that. But when it's not, they mm -hmm. can be a, a very regal breed um, and loving breed as far as the family. And now he actually owns more of a hardcore set. I love that. He overcame his fear of, of dogs. Yeah. That's a great story. Um, so you told us that you stopped showing. Um, did you stop going to shows? Why? Why is that? Oh man, um, I just kind of, I just kind of lost the love for it. Um, I think it was, as far as the shows, it got a little bit too political. Um, I mean, my girl did. She did well. Um, she was only a puppy at the time. I believe she was only like nine months. Um, so. I love being at the shows. I love taking photos at the shows and documenting that what's going on at the shows. But for my girl, her winning two shows, her first two shows that she she competed in, that was big for us. And uh, you know that was enough for me just to say, hey, you know, her first two shows she won. She just had to wait to put her weight on because she didn't have her adult weight on yet. But now that she's put her an adult weight on, I'm pretty sure if we put her in it, um, she could still go back in and win a couple shows. And when it's a female. They have to win two um, majors, so they have to win against males. So males can be <laughs> a lot bigger than the females with this breed. So um, if you don't have a a female that's pretty big, you it's it's hard for the for the females. So, but um, I love the shows and love being in them, love um, watching them. But those some politics that I just wouldn't, I just didn't like that. I was like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. And sometimes you're into something and then it comes back. Yeah. And the important is artists like to be enjoying what you're doing. Right. 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 So you were telling us a little bit about this, in your opinion, the characteristics of a responsible dog breeder. So I would think the characteristics of a responsible dog breeder is uh, one, I think the biggest thing is the temperament of the dog. Ensuring um, that your dog has the right temperament and making sure that home, uh, the home that your dog is going to, is going to be a good fit for your dog. Um, we don't we don't sell our dogs or uh, adopt our dogs to anybody. You know, we do a uh, a good background check. We do a uh, not only background check, but we talk to that to those owners. Um, probably ninety nine point eight percent of our dogs have gone to families with kids. Um, I can only recall maybe one dog, one of our dogs going to, uh, and it was a soldier. He was a um, single soldier who wanted a Corso. So if I'm not mistaken, that's the only Corso I've sold to somebody who didn't have a family. So I think um, socializing your dog and actually making sure your dogs are going to good homes are characteristics of a responsible breeder. Yeah, and they, they sort of become part of your family, so yeah. you really care about what happens to them. So tell us, what type of diet do you keep your dogs on throughout the year? Now, we um we really like uh, Kirkland. We've, um, we've used a couple of different brands, um, and there was no brand that was better to us, I guess. We, we loved Anook Shook. 
Um, and we probably knew where to stay with that brand, hadn't much sugar or not um, developed an allergy. So after five or six years, she developed an allergy from nowhere, from the dog food, which could have happened. Um, so we just changed, changed um, brands and we went with Kirkland, which um, Kirkland is actually made by Diamond. So we love that um, that dog food has been doing well with our dogs. And we've also, we also feed a little bit of raw. Um, when we do raw, we're usually... Um, Chicken, veggies, some fish oil, things like that. We use hip and hip and joint um, oils to kind of, you know, help with the lubrication in their joints. Right. Uh, what's their favorite? Like, what drives them crazy? Oh man, anything that you're eating, <laughs> anything that I'm, anything that I'm. <laughs> Whatever eating. you're having. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, all of our dogs, all of our dogs are house dogs. We don't we don't have any of our dogs outside. So because all our dogs are house dog, uh, my, my wife treats them like babies. So <laughs> the more I don't want them to eat table food, the more she'll give them <laughs> table food. But um, usually chicken, usually chicken, we usually make sure it's clean. The way we clean it before we eat it is the same way we clean it before our dogs eat it. That's great. Uh, how many times do you feed them? How many times do they eat? I'm guessing a lot if they're inside. No, <laughs> actually, so actually that's probably one of the uh, most asked questions that I get. When someone's purchasing a copy from us, um, you know, how many times do I feed it? And, you know, what do you recommend? Well, for us, it's hard because we do a lot of free feeding. Like I said, our dogs are house dogs. They walk around the house. We keep their food out. They're hungry. They go eat. Um, but I will say when we do not free feed, our dogs don't eat a lot. They eat maybe um, twice a day, twice a day, and they get around three cups. Our dogs weigh about, um, our females weigh, we have three females right now. They weigh in a range from uh, 110 to 125, and uh, our male weighs 115. So they read eight about three cups in the morning and two and a half cups in the morning, two and a half cups in the evening. That's great. Oh, they are a lot, a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you keep your dogs in shape uh, throughout the year? Each how, other. how do you do that? <laughs> each other. They play with each other. <laughs> they wrestle with each other. Uh, they go outside a lot, um, and and that's really it. Um, I we have never had to um, take our dogs on a lot of walks um, because they do a lot of playing and running in our backyard with our kids. Um, you know, uh, throwing a tennis ball, throwing their a uh, bite toy, whatever it is. So that's how they get a lot of their energy out by just going in the backyard and running around and playing with the kids. Or, or me if I go if I'm going out doing some training, things like that. That's great, and they are great company. So. I would love to have one of them join me in my workout. Um, tell us, uh, what is it for the process of of purchasing one of your dogs from start to finish? Uh, so before someone purchases one of our puppies, um, we usually set up a call or we can talk to them. Um, when we're talking to them, um, after we agree, uh, we'll send them over an application that they can read over, just, you know, just kind of explain to them, hey, no fighting of the dog. If the dog gets sick, you know, you'll let us know. Um, if at any time you can't handle the dog, you'll let us know. That way we can either uh, take the dog back or help you rehome the dog. Because um, like I said, we do want to make sure all of our dogs are going to responsible homeowners or um, families. Once they send back the application, um, they're required to put down a $500 um, deposit to reserve their puppy. Um, and we have, we have had instances where somebody reserved a puppy and had to back out and they couldn't keep that, that puppy from that litter. Um, that just went towards another puppy in the later litter. So they ended up getting a dog, two litters now to, um, 
So they still got a copy, but it wasn't um, a copy from the original litter they wanted. So they, they still can use that deposit for another litter. Uh, from there, um, they finished paying off their their fee. Uh, depending on, it does depend on the dog, depends on the puppy on uh, the litter. And from there, about the eight week mark though, well, we usually get their ears cropped at a six week mark. Uh, we send pictures, we send videos throughout the time, the whole time. Once they reserve the puppy, we send pictures and videos to them usually once or twice a week. So they can see their puppy growing and feel like they're part of the process. Um, we also try to ask them, uh, do they already know a name? If they already have a name, we try to start calling them, calling their puppy by their name so they can already I have that. some type of recall or, you know, they know their name before they get, <laughs> before they get home. Um, and then by the eight week mark, the puppies, the stitches are taken out of the puppy's ears and they're ready to go to their forever home. I love that. So listen, um, do you offer any health guarantees or support for your puppies after they go to their new home? Yeah, usually the um, two years, we usually do a two year health guarantee where uh, as if the puppy comes up with anything, if there's anything going on with the puppy, like I said, you let us know. Uh, we'll do everything we can to help out. And if there's something that you can't handle, you know, we'll help you rehome it or we'll take the puppy back. So how do you handle returns or rehoming of puppies or adult dogs that you may not, that, that may not work out in their new homes? Well, we have a, a pretty decent network now. Um, doing this for the last, as far as with Corsos, um, working with Corsos for the last 10, 11, 11 years, we uh, we have made a pretty good network. So there are different uh, families that will adopt one, or we also have a um, a veteran center down in South Carolina that we can send dogs to, that we donate dogs to to uh, to help with veterans, disabled veterans that uh, may need service dogs or anything like that. So. Um, we have we have developed a pretty good network where we can help rehome a dog or even say back a puppy to help out. So that um, what's your experience with the veteran center? Uh, how how what has been your experience with them? Feel very rewarding to to be able to contribute to that, right? Yeah, being a vet myself, um, twenty five years in, um, it's very rewarding because um, I'm always able to give back. It's like I never um, stop serving. Uh, and you're always able to help what we call a battle buddy or our, you know, so a soldier that we fought with or um, just a soldier that we may not know. And they can, it helps them. It helps them whether, whatever their case may be, whether it's walking, whether it's uh, depression, you know, anything like that. So to know that one of our dogs went to uh, a soldier to help him cope with, to be his coping mechanism. It's very rewarding. I love that. Congratulations on that work. So what advice do you have for any upcoming breeders? Don't be afraid to hear somebody uh, call you a backyard breeder. I think that was one of my biggest things as a up and coming breeder. Um, although I had two mentors that were in the, that had been in the um, Corso breeding game for over 20 years. Um, and of course, has only been in America for uh, since the 80s, the early 80s, somewhere around 80, 81. So they've only been uh, uh, in America for around 40 something years. So for um, someone to call me a backyard breeder when I'm breeding my dog the same way you're breeding your dog, um, don't be afraid to, um, don't be discouraged when someone calls you a backyard breeder. Um, be encouraged because they're worried about, you know, the dogs you're producing. And as long as you know you're producing a good dog and a strong, healthy dog, 
uh, and you're doing everything right um, legally and morally. I just, you know, don't worry about it. Keep, keep going, keep pushing. Great advice, great advice. What do you think uh, the bully, or what would you like to see in the bully breed community 10 years from now? Oh, you, more corsos, like? more corsos. Um, I love the bully community. Um, I've done a, a lot of work with uh, good friends, um, gone to a lot of shows, um, seen a lot of Bully Girl magazine there. Um, so being there, um, seeing them, um, I would definitely like to see a lot more corsos there. And I have seen, I have seen them start to bring corsos there. Uh, so I think um, once the bully community has accepted the corsos as a bully breed, I think I, I might be back into shows. I might be back into shows. I love that. Yeah. So who do you look up to in the bully breed community? Oh man, that's 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 that. I don't know how to get as honest as I want to. Um, probably, um, believe it or not, uh, LeVar Carter. He, um, I, I saw some of his work with some of his dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sound off, but yeah, I've seen, um, I've seen his dogs. I've seen how he is with his dogs. I've also seen him at work. I mean, he's probably in the bully community. He's probably one of the people I look up to. He probably loves hearing me say that. I love that. <laughs> probably love I love that. Go Lavar. <laughs> <laughs> he made you say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, um, uh, one of your main goals for this year? For this year? Um, yeah. So for this year, uh, I think our biggest goal is to just kind of educate a couple, you know, um, at least 20 people about the breed. Uh, we try to um, go up every year that we what, that we breed. Um, and we've been very successful with that. With the, like I said, with the community and the network that we built to educate more and more people on the bully, on the not only the bully breed, but the corsos. They're here. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> they're big and lovable dogs, you know. <laughs> um, they're big teddy bears sometimes, um, but they can also be a handful. So, you know, just educating people on this breed and how um, good of a temperament that they do have when in the right hands of the right breeder. I love that. So tell us what separates your kennel from the competition. Ooh, so we do a, we, I might be laying my secrets out now. <laughs> we do a lot of things from, I think, different from other kennels. Um, I think one of the biggest things that um, when I first got my first dog that I wanted to see that I saw nobody else did was um, people are, you know, we pay a lot of money for our dogs because our dogs are like our kids sometimes. In some instances, they are your kids. Um, we give everybody that purchases a dog from us, they we give them their first bag of dog food. That's that's a twenty pound bag of dog food that, you know, you can um that will go a long ways for this breed. Um so they get their first bag of dog food from us along with the registration. Um a book of recommended chews and different supplements to go for the for the breed. So I think that's the that's the number one I thing that, that separates us. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anybody else yet do it. I have a good friend who who breeds in Long Island, New York, and he hasn't even done it yet. But he's always like, man, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that because I know you do it. <laughs> so They're stealing yep, your ideas. Yep. It's okay, Whatever. though. It's a great idea. It is. So what are other hobbies or interests do you take part in? Um, so recently, um, starting um, cooking. 
yeah, for myself. Uh, yeah, I'm a avid um, Texan, so I love the barbecue. Um, and I'm getting ready for for retirement from the army. So after 20, well, this year will be 26 years. So I have hobbies of uh, barbecuing and cooking and um, things like that. That's pretty much it. And spending time with my family. So now you need to invite us for a barbecue. I'm sorry, mister. All right, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll come over. Right. Listen, what do you think about Bully Girl Magazine? Oh, man, been a big fan of Bully Girl Magazine. A uh, huge fan of the work he does. Uh, I think he should he should uh, produce more, you know. <laughs> uh, that's more work on him, but um, do more. He's doing a great job. I love Bully Girl Magazine. Uh, we are avid uh, supporters of Bully Girl Magazine, me and my whole family, including my kids. So we love them. I love that. Quincy, how can our audience reach you? Uh, they can reach me by my website or telephone, actually. Um, our website is scholarscontinentcorso.com. Or they can also uh, they can Instagram us at scholarscontinentcorso and Facebook at scholarscontinentcorso. That's great. Please show us a close out of that baby. <laughs> oh my. I think I higher, said this with love earlier. This is actually Heartbreak. This is a male. His name is Heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He's a Heartbreaker. Oh my God. So cutie. Oh no. no. <laughs> it's like he's as if he knew he's yawning for us. <laughs> so listen. Quincy, it's been a pleasure yes, having you as our guest. And we are very excited to know what any exciting new things will come for you. And we'll keep in touch. And I hope everyone can look at Quincy's website to check him out. And listen, uh, thanks for joining. Don't forget to follow Bully Girl Mag on Instagram. And don't forget to purchase the latest issue of Bully Girl Magazine. So follow, like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Quincy. Thank you, you Heartbreaker.